The Kingdom Rock Network proudly presents the Healing for Today show with Connie Kelly. Join Connie Kelly as she dives into the rich word of God in a way that is humorous, insightful, and educational. It promises to bring healing to your life through the power of Jesus Christ. And now let's join Connie Kelly in today's message entitled, Hindrances to Healing, Part Number Two. Hi, I'm Connie Kelly. Well, we are talking about hindrances in your healing. And last week, I moved slowly. This week, I hope I can cover more than four. Um, we went over um, unforgiveness and how that blocks you. Um, when you have a bitter heart, you have a hard time receiving. Um, we talked about personal unrepented sin, how you say, God, this is my one thing. Let me have it. I'm just going to do this because I want to do it. Um, family sins, generational curses, um, how genetics can be passed down. That's the same thing as a generational curse. You have stomach problems in your family and it's caused by anxiety. You know that your mama had anxiety, you got anxiety, and you all got stomach problems. That's a generational curse and you need to learn to lay it down and just start breaking them and praying about it. Um, lack of faith was the last one I talked about. That's pretty much self-explanatory. But our favorite part was the that faith in the dictionary was confidence or trust in a person or thing. So, do you have confidence? Do you have faith? Do you have trust in God? Is He going to do this for you? Today, I'm probably going to talk about things that we don't like. Those are more fun things. <laughs> uh, are you waiting for a sign? Are you waiting and say, well, Lord, if you will just show me a sign, then I will believe you. Um, the problem is, is you seek God and the fruit of seeking God and having faith in Him, signs and wonders will follow, not the reverse. Now, there are times that God does send a sign to make somebody believe, but if you're already a believer, He's really, that's not His favorite thing. He, he pretty much says, you ought to know I'm gonna. Why do I gotta show you this? Um, in fact, in Matthew 27, you can turn to it or not, um, 41 through 42, um, Jesus is talking to the, um, priests and the scribes and <clears throat> 41 says, likewise also the chief priests mocking him, with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. I bet if the king of Israel let him come down from the cross, we will believe him. So they were saying, If you if you are so if you're the king of Israel, come down and then we'll believe that you're Jesus. Where they already missed the point. He was dying for your um also um, I didn't write it down, but um, the the scribes and the Pharisees were telling him, you know, if if you show us a sign, um, he and he says, you adulterous nation, you're a generation that only seeks after the sign. Sometimes we just 
we worship the sign more than we do God. And then that's, you know, it's not, oh, look what God did for me. It was, oh, look what happened. And you forget about the whole, that was a Jesus experience. Um, number six is expecting for God to heal you on your terms. Um, hey, God, I did so-and-so. Remember that? Why don't you hit me up with some healing? <laughs> Remember that time, God, that I fed the poor at the food bank? Yeah, my back sure does hurt. <laughs> hey, God, remember that time there was that dude walking down the road and he looks cold and hungry, so I threw a pack of cheese that's out the window at him. That was good, right? I'm, I'm a good girl. I fed a, I fed a homeless person. Um, so, you know, we, we have to, Remember that it is on God's terms. And y'all laugh at that, but think about several things that in the Bible that people did the same thing. You know, Joshua and the Israelites were like, you want us to walk around the wall how many times? And you think if we blow a horn and holler, this wall is going to fall down. You see how big that wall is, God? That's big. It's big, big. Wall, it's real thick. Um, and I was going to do that whole little thing, but here's something that I don't know. It was funny. I don't know how I come across it, but um, in Second Kings, and I'm gonna turn to it so I can read it out of there because it's kind of lengthy. Five, and it is ten through fourteen. And I'm, y'all got to bear with me because I'm reading King James and I speak the English. Um, okay, first of all, let me just tell you. Naaman was a general in the army and he had leprosy. And the, they said, go over to Israel and they have a prophet that will heal you. And so he went and he talked to the king and took a letter and, I have lots and lots of gold and lots and lots of silver and ten changes of clothes and all this mess. And um, he gets there and the king sends him on and he says, well, he gets to the door and he knocks on the door and tells him what he wants. And Elisha sends a servant to tell him, go get in the Jordan and wash seven times and then you'll be cured. And he pitched to every living fit. He had a little temper tantrum. And he said, now why would I get in the Jordan when every other river around here is cleaner? Won't I get cleaner? And I mean, just acted a fool and was terrible. And anyway, um, Elisha sent a messenger. Not He didn't tell him himself, and that made him mad too. Um, unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh, flesh shall be... shall. Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying. 
Anyway, he does finally break down and do it, and he washes in the river, and he is, of course, like brand new baby skin, and he says from then on that he knows that there is no other God on earth but the God of Israel. Um, but he, he was mad because Elisha didn't come out there and talk to him himself. He was important. I'm going to send some messenger to tell me. Don't make me go wash in the dirtiest river. It all seemed a little bit absurd to him. But when he finally broke down and did it, he was cured. And then he was very amazed and, and praised God. And I think gave like a million bazillion dollars. If you compare their money to ours today. <laughs> so sometimes when God asks you to do something... Do you go, hmm, that's kind of stupid, God. Like um, maybe you have a leading to call somebody and you're busy and you don't have time. You know that person's going to keep you on the phone for forever and complain and get on your nerves. And you're like, God, no, surely that is not what you want me to do. But sometimes we just have to do what he's asking us to do, even when it's it doesn't seem like it's smart to us. God's mind is different than ours. <clears throat> Are you looking around toward man instead of God for your healing? I just want to tell you right now, um, doctors manage diseases. When's the last time you heard a doctor heal somebody? Even when they say you're healed or cured of cancer, they say, okay, but if you don't have it for five years, then if you don't have it for this many years, so they're not really healing you. They're managing that disease. Only God heals. Um, and then sometimes we get all up in ourselves where we get in a prayer line and we think this one person should pray for us because they have more anointing on them. And if they didn't take, oh, well, I would feel better if... Sister Laura would have prayed for me, but she didn't, and now I got this junk in my hip. It's all stoved up. That old stinking James prayed for me, and look at what happened. He don't got near the faith. <laughs> but I, I do know people like that. I do. I can attest, and I can testify, I have been prayed for by national people who pray for people. <laughs> I'm having a hard time today, y'all. I'm tired. <laughs> Evangelists, those people. Okay. Um, and, and their prayers were no better. I didn't feel any better. But Miss Norma's prayed for me, and I felt great after. Or I've asked... Sister Ware or Samika to pray for me. They didn't touch me. I didn't even hear their prayer. I just knew they were praying for me. And I felt better about that. So a prayer is a prayer. And you're not, it's not the person you're asking. It's the pleading with God that's happening. So he's going to hear McKenna just as much as he's going to hear Miss Ware as much as he's going to hear Samika. Um, Jeremiah 17 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in a man and departs from the Lord. And isn't that what we do sometimes? 
we say, well, I'm just going to take this pill because Dr. So-and-so gave it to me. And we forget to even ask God sometimes. So remember when you're going up for prayers. Remember when you're going to the doctor. It's not man that we're looking to for healing. It's God. And the second part of that was blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. Have you let fear enter your heart? Yeah, sometimes I do. We know that what Hebrews 11 says about faith. But have you ever thought about fear as this? Fear is the substance of all things not hoped for, for and the evidence of things not yet seen. But that's what fear is. It's the exact opposite. You put faith in there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. It makes sense both ways. So if you're in faith, you're not in fear. And if you're in fear, you're not in faith. You can't be in both. When you put on the armor of God, you notice that you shod your feet, you put on your breastplate, and you have your shield, you even got a helmet. Guess what happens when you're afraid? You turn to run. Guess what? There ain't nothing on your backside. There's nothing covering it. Satan's going to send them fiery dots right in your booty. It's just keep on running and hollering. He's going to just shoot you. I told you I was tired now. You can say booty in church, right? <laughs> okay. I said booty. Um, so don't turn and run because you have nothing behind you. God's behind you, but he ain't going to turn and run with you. He's going to stand there. You're off running by yourself like a crazy foe, like me last week running through the sprinkler. If y'all have missed that, I'm sorry for you. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> um, here's something that recently just jumped up off the ground and smacked me in the head. Improper care of the body. If, if you can't drink your eight glasses of water and not eat a Big Mac every day, I, I think God's like, well, you think you can handle it, huh? Go ahead. I was drinking some Coke Zeros. They were my favoriteest thing in life. And then that became my poison. And my doctor said, you cannot ever, ever, never have another one. And I said, no, I don't like water. It's gross. I felt like a little whiny baby. I want some juice. My sippy cup. Stupid water. I don't want to drink this water, but I do. And I'm going to tell you, I feel 100% better. I don't want to eat that lettuce leaf instead of a Big Mac. But when I do, I feel better. When you're taking care of the temple, you will feel better. What is the price that you're paying for the silly things that you do? And God's going to say, when you're like, oh, Lord, please help me. He's like, honey, you can fix that all by yourself. That's like your child who's 15 years old slaps their foot up and says, Mama, tell my shoe. Come on. 
He's, I'm not about to bend over and tie Madison's shoes. She can tie her shoe. I mean, unless she got a hurt back. Um, he's not going to do the, the, you know, essentially easy things for you unless you just can't. So you have to make sure that you're eating the right food and you're drinking enough water and you're sleeping enough because those things take a terrible, terrible toll on us. It's called maintenance. If you don't maintenance your vehicle and you go out there and you stick a stick of butter in the gas tank, what's going to happen? It's not going to happen. It's not going to be good if I, but that's what we do, isn't it? We stick a stick of butter in our mouth and think that we're going to get going. <laughs> and just uh, look that butter. Ooh, feel good now. You can't, you can't, you have to feed your body with the proper things that you know it needs. It needs vegetables and it needs vitamins and it needs water. Okay, this is going to be your favorite part. I know it's going to be. Are you attacking God's people? Christ's body? Are you talking bad about your pastor's wife? Your pastor, I know you would never talk about Smika. She's my favorite. And you know, I punch you in the eye. Well, unless you're tall, and then I'll punch you in the throat. Um, His family, his body, this is the body. You come in and you sit down, and I'll be like, "Mm, I wish Gladys wouldn't sit next to me. She won't never give me no candy. She says, Sonny, holds her candy all day. Or I'll think, why isn't Kelly here? I know he got some candy. <laughs> Give me some of that candy. Um, when you, you want, you're, you don't walk around and go, I hate you, foot. You, oh, you are terrible and you are bad and you just cause all kinds of misery and trouble. Not even gonna walk with you. She's gonna have to go behind me. <laughs> you don't curse your arm or your knee, but we do that with the body of Christ. Each member, these are your members as well. Isn't that ironic? Each member is important. It each has a function. I don't know what my pinky toe does, except for it looks cute when I got on flip flops. But I don't want it gone. I want it. It's I like it a lot. So we need to remember to lift up our brothers and sisters and our members and our pastors. And always when somebody starts to bug you, what I like to do is just take a little breath and say a little prayer. Whatever it is that is bothering me about that person at that moment, they are too loud or they just have ugly words all the time out of their mouth. Lord, I pray that they stop doing that. You know, say that before you start with something ugly back. In Galatians, it says to bear one another's burdens. That doesn't mean I'm going to take Smeko and Toto around on my back. But it, it means we, we, I might could crawl like a pony. 
it means it doesn't mean that you're going to give me your problems and I'm going to take them around for you. It means I can listen to you and I can have sorrow with you about it. And I'm not going to go turn around after Samika tells me something bad that's her burden and tell Miss Norma. Because if Samika wanted Miss Norma to know, she'd have told her. Or, hey, did you, hey, hey, Willie Bill, hey, hey, did you know that the other day James asked me if he could borrow a dollar? <laughs> I didn't give it to him. Because <laughs> he has the ability to make his own dollar. <laughs> you know, you get all self-righteous like it was a dollar. When knowing you, you had five all day long and you could have gave James a, a dollar. He just wanted Coca-Cola. <laughs> he was hot and thirsty. <laughs> First John says, love one another. Do not do to your brother as Cain did to Abel. You're like, well, I'm not going to kill James about the dollar. <laughs> but what do they say about our tongue? It's mightier than the sword. Mightier than the sword. May I have some more water? It might help it. So... Every time you say something hateful or bad, think about somebody. Think about you're stabbing that person with the sword, and you're cutting them down lower and lower, and you're probably talking bad about them because they already are low. And you need to use your words of kindness and not your words of bitterness and hate because we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I surely wouldn't talk bad about myself like that. No, uh-uh. Well, sometimes I do, but... I'm trying to stop. <laughs> so, um, First Peter 4, 8 says, Above all things have charity. Charity covers a magnitude of all sins. Just, do you know what charity is? Love. It's not given... Charity is not what we think of charity this day and age. Charity is love and peacefulness and kindness. It is not feeding the poor, somebody who can't give back to you. But charity is forgiving one another and being kind and being loving. And that covers a magnitude of sins. All your unforgiveness, all your hatefulness, all your bitterness. If you could just be charitable, that would cover it's not going to forgive. Remember, the Lamb of God is the only one who can purify and remove, but it will cover. Just like this, it's a sacrifice sometimes to give charity. Did you ask God for something and then you continue to murmur and complain? Lord, oh. I'm going to go up and I'm going to get Pastor Stroud pray for my belly for the 87th time this month. And you get up and pray and you come back down as, how you feeling today, Connie? Oh, my stomach sure does hurt. Oh, it just don't never let up. It just don't feel good all the time. I just can't eat and it's just bothering me. And you just, and then the next person comes. Oh, well, 
my 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 son is bothering me a lot. Well, didn't you have pastors trying to pray about it? I did, but it just still hurts, and it just keeps on hurting me. And I reckon it's gonna always hurt. What what happened to the Israelites when they kept murmuring and complaining? They were supposed they were not supposed to roam around the desert for forty years. They were supposed to go straight on to, straight on to, straight on through to the other side. Instead, they were going, let's go back to Egypt. At least we had three meals. Let's go back to Egypt. I left my pots and pans. Let's go back to Egypt. I'm tired. I got a sore on my foot. You know, they forgot all about being in captivity. And started thinking it was good. We got meals and clothes and all my cattle died. But when I was in Egypt, I had 50 head. So we need to not complain. So who wants to see how far we've come? Our hindrances are a verb to cause a delay. That's your hindrance. What are you doing to cause a delay? Is it unforgiveness? Is it unrepented sin? Is it family sins and generational curses? I do it because my mama did. Is it lack of faith? Are you waiting on a sign? Are you expecting God to heal you on your terms? Are you looking to man instead of God? Are you taking care of the temple? Are you attacking God's members? And did you ask for something and complain? There you have it. All the things that delay, cause a delay or interruption in your healing. Remember, it's all there. It's, there's a fountain right here. You weren't here last week, but just, there's this big flow of fountain. And are you in it? Are you under the water? Are you running through, just barely getting wet? Are you dipping your toe in? Oh, that was nice. That's so refreshing. You've got to, to when you really want healing, you've got to get in it. You've got to, okay, Lord, I know what you say. I read it in the Bible. I know it's the truth. And just stand on it and speak. And it doesn't matter if your stomach hurts today. Tell it, I'm not having this. This is not mine. Because God says I don't have to have it. And that is all Connie Kelly has to say about hindrances. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. 
And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.